Welcome to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast presented by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, April Stearns. Each week for the next year, you'll hear an essay from our book read by the author. Igniting the Fire Within is a collection of stories of healing, hope, and humor, offering an insider's view into today's young breast cancer community. We compiled 50 essays for people diagnosed in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. There is medicine for each of us in these stories, whether you've been personally diagnosed with cancer or not. Wildfire stories in general, but especially the ones you'll hear from Igniting the Fire Within, are stories of transformation. Our storytellers experienced a shift in perspective as a result of something that happened to them. And the cancer diagnosis was not the thing that happened, or it wasn't the only thing. The cancer diagnosis was merely the catalyst for later changes that led our writers to understand deep truths about the world. Each one of them learned lessons that showed them what it is to live, not just survive, in the glare of cancer. We believe deeply that the stories that change us aren't so much about what happened as they are about what came next. And hearing those stories, true stories of transformation, that's what ignites the fire within each of us. A listener note before we dive in, cancer is a salty business and sometimes talking about it and the aftermath requires salty language. Listener discretion is advised. Today, I have the honor of reading on behalf of Brooke Perry. Brooke passed away from metastatic breast cancer before we had a chance to record her story together. Brooke was a kinesiologist and in administration. She was diagnosed at 30 with invasive ductal carcinoma that was stage 4 de novo. ERPR positive as well as BRCA2 positive. Brooke lived in Paradise, Newfoundland. Today, I'm reading you a story that Brooke wrote called Don't Call Me a Survivor. Cancer has a way of permeating every aspect of your life. It certainly did with mine. Over the past year of recovery from active treatments, I learned that as much as I tried to deny my identity as a cancer patient, warrior, fighter, survivor, whatever you want to label me, I just couldn't. As active treatments were done, the surprising NED or no evidence of disease declaration after simultaneously being diagnosed as metastatic after months of, is this funky spot on my liver cancer or isn't it? All I wanted to do was close this chapter and move on to the newer, shinier me. I, along with everyone else, thought I could go back to normal. I realize now that expectation was so unrealistic and that moving forward was one of the hardest parts of this experience. When I was first diagnosed in the summer of 2018, I tried to deny my cancer status. My life has seen its share of hardships. Toughness and strength were adjectives often used to describe me. And I won't lie, even I had the, why me again, cry more times than I can count. But I was tired of putting out fires and being called brave and strong, a fighter. I just didn't feel that way because I would have never chosen this for myself. Still, I did the treatments as prescribed. I researched every day on how to add integrative therapies to my plan. If I thought it would work, I tried it. I made what felt like a million lifestyle changes and denied myself my favorite things, read wine, 
in order to prove to everyone that I wasn't a hopeless statistic. Getting better was my full-time job, and like with any job I've ever had, I went at it 100%. I was determined to see my son grow up. Cancer would not be the end of my story. Despite my determination and will to live, I refused to engage with cancer too publicly. I rarely updated anyone on social media platforms, and I never took part in cancer support groups. The social media support groups were a reminder that women like me die every day from metastatic disease. It was too much for my mental health to handle, and my focus had to be on surviving. I would also never be caught without my wig in public because I didn't want to stand out and be stared at with sad eyes. A lot of women with cancer would agree that it's not really about the hair when it goes. It's really about how it marks you as sick to the outside world, like a big bullseye that suddenly makes it all too real. So when the treatments ended and the unexpected cancer-free status was declared, I didn't ring the bell. I didn't want the claps or adulation from others like me. I just wanted a quiet exit back to the kingdom of the well and out of the kingdom of the ill, as Susan Sontag wrote in her book, Illness as a Metaphor. I was so determined to move forward and get back to the old me, wife, mama, provider, that I ended up pushing myself too far. I went back to work and encouraged people to treat me like they did before I was sick. This was my new chance at life, so please don't pity me. But after all the excitement died down, the calls of support lessened, and the appointments that once kept my calendar full started to spread out, I realized I hadn't processed what had just happened to me in the past year. I had been poked, prodded, cut, poisoned, burned, given a death sentence, then not, and we all expected that I'd just move on like nothing happened. I was now in menopause and taking a hormone blocker to keep the cancer at bay, which came with its own side effects. I was hot, sweaty, and developed insomnia that kept me up all night despite the fact that I couldn't get through my day without complaining about how tired I was. And although I was 100% okay with going flat, shopping for clothes was a tearful experience. The scars were constant reminders. When I asked my husband what I was like during treatments versus after, he noticed the same things I did. He said, you are better than you are now. You were determined to get better. Now that you are, you've become afraid of the world. You're so set on proving to everyone that you're still the same you, that it's making you miserable. Everything he said was right. Anxiety was never anything new to me, but the anxiety I felt after I was discharged from active treatment was crippling. Despite being so confident in active treatment that I would get better, when I was no longer being treated, I worried obsessively about relapsing. All that mental healing work I did previously started to crumble, as if I didn't have to do it anymore because I was better. I suffered in silence for a long time because I hated admitting I was not okay. But rejecting my cancer identity, trying to be as normal as possible, and working through my anxiety alone, I realized my husband and child were suffering. My work relationships were suffering too. I just wasn't myself, and it wasn't fair to me or anyone else. After quite some time and self-reflection, I realized that I just couldn't deny what had happened to me any longer. Instead of running away from an identity with cancer, I decided to embrace and accept who I am now, instead of forcing the version I no longer was. There are still parts of the old me in there, but now I have all these other facets to me that I did not before. 
I've learned to slow down a little and breathe everything in. I don't think the worry and anxiety will ever really go away. But now I talk more openly with friends and family, realizing that they still want to be a support even if treatment is over. I've decided to share my story and be more open in hopes of helping someone else, including myself. But please, do not call me a survivor. Sure, I am currently surviving, but until I reach old age and die of something else, I cannot fully say that I have survived breast cancer. Call me a thriver instead. That's a whole lot cooler. Thanks, Brooke. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn. Check us out at wildfirecommunity.org to order your copy of the book so you can read along each week. You'll also find our magazine and storytelling workshops there. Big thanks to our producer, Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant, Monica Haro. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you like what you hear, tell your best friend, tell your mom, tell your oncologist. I mean, really, tell everyone you know. Or head into your podcast app and leave us a starred review to help others find their way to igniting their own fire within. Ooh.